Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, Gianna Paluski, and as promised last week, our returning guest, Dave Berenger. John, how are you doing today? Hi, Jim. I'm well, and I'm really excited about episode 222. We have our good friend, Dave Berenger, back with us. So, yeah. Jim, let's just jump right in, man. Do it, man. Uh, you've got the uh, first one question, I believe. No, it's you. You're the even, oh, remember? Oh, that's I'm, I'm, I'm odd. That's how I remember. I'm the odd guy. Okay. So, here we go. We Now that we got that settled, um, <laughs> Dave, uh, your book, uh, the name of your book, again, give that to us, this book that it has just come out a few months ago. It is Speaking from the Shadows. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And in chapter one of your book, you, you said this, that depression wants to command every fiber of your being. And I, uh, obviously, I underlined that uh, as I was reading the book. Can you unpack that thought for us? What does that mean? It wants to command every fiber of your being. Yeah. Depression isn't like I'm stuffed up. Like I've got something and my nose is only affected or my voice is affected where depression wants it's it's a computer virus so to speak that wants to control the entirety of the system inputs okay. outputs everything um people who go through depression and they can have various levels from seasonal depression to momentary to clinical yeah. but depression it, it wants to sideline you completely to the point where um you're hungry but you don't have the strength to eat um you're, you're tired but you want to be awake that I know I need to do something, but I can't physically move myself. It wants to affect your mentality, uh, the way that you're feeling, what your emotions are telling you, what your gut is 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 doing, everything about you. It just wants to command the whole computer itself. And so yeah. that, that's how I've used, uh, that's kind of the metaphor I've used to describe what depression does. Yeah, I, I look at it this way, that depression is a whole person mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. It affects you. There's a physical piece to it. There is obviously a mental and emotional piece to it. There is a relational uh, piece to it. Uh, there's a many, many times for leaders, there's a schedule piece. Absolutely. To it. And so, yeah, it's this whole person problem. It needs to be dealt with in the light of it being a whole person problem. And it has this uncanny capacity. And I'd love to hear your comment on this one, Dave. To, it has this capacity to color everything. I used to say this, that on, when I was at the bottom of that pit, it could be sunny outside and I'd look out the window and it looked gray. Mm. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Uh, can you comment on that piece real quick? It was about four years ago, three years ago, I was at a, just a, a mini conference at Grand Rapids First Assembly and it was lunchtime. And I remember texting my wife, I'm so alone right now. I have never felt so alone. And so she calls me immediately. What's going on? Why did you leave the conference? I said, no, I'm, I'm here. She goes, where are you at right now? I said, I'm at a table. She goes, are you by yourself? I said, I'm shoulder to shoulder. I'm trying to talk quiet. And she goes, so you're not actually alone. And I said, no, I am alone, but you're not alone. But it's this a little bit of a back wow. and forthness yeah. where depression, you can be in the middle of the big house, 112,000 people and feel, and feel like 
like everybody is sitting in the sunshine and they feel the touchdown, but you're sitting there and there's a ray of darkness, if that makes sense yeah. on you. And you're staring and you're asking, why is it that I can't feel the touchdown like they feel and see what they're seeing and experience what they're experiencing? It is this isolation feeling where it commands the fiber mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, everything is affected all at once, which I agree, John, we have to have that full body, that full range response. Depression is more than just taking a medication or just taking yep. a day off or a mental health day. We've got to attack it from every aspect. Why? Because that's how it hits us. Yeah. Can I, can I just interject something here, guys? I, it's funny. I burned out years ago and felt very blue for a very long time. I would say that I felt numb. I couldn't feel anything good. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't feel anything bad. But what you're describing is a whole different level, really. I, I could I could watch a Hallmark film and feel something. You're describing like there's no I, I had to connect to something that wasn't real to feel it because everything real was too heavy. So yeah. describing this, it's almost like it's almost like I'm colorblind to some degree to what you're saying. You're describing something I've never sensed. For for those that are sitting on my side of of this issue. Could you use more words? Like how would I know, you know, Dave, you're at a table, everybody's talking, hanging out, laughing. Did they have any idea anything was wrong? And you know, honestly, let's, I can be hard on, I can be hard on pastors sometimes. Yeah. Because when we're at conferences, we're not really worried about anybody else. Right. We're, we're, we're talking about us, the size of our churches, the things that we're doing, <laughs> the things that we're, that we're yeah. operating in. Yeah. And so quite frankly, that's an easy spot to hide. It really yeah. is. And it happened, just happened to be one of those days where I didn't sit with who I would normally sit with. Um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't have any of my staff with me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And part of that, part of that, to be honest, was how I, I was already cooking before I went in. Right. Like, like right. a grenade was cooking. Yeah. before it's being thrown. That was me going into it. And so therefore I avoided people because I just didn't want, I didn't want to ruin anybody's day. And right. so there is just, there's almost this mentality that goes into those moments and we automatically isolate ourselves. We pull ourselves back, not realizing we're, we're actually harming ourselves even more right. so, and not even positioning right. ourselves to come out of it. And, and yeah. that all makes sense right now. Right. But when you're in the middle of it, what actually right. makes sense is let's not spread what I have. Let's not mm -hmm. darken anybody else's day. Let's not ruin anybody else's moments. And it's it's and I almost use the metaphor of being colorblind. Actually, I was I was on TikTok last night watching. I like to cry when I watch TikTok. Uh, so I watched <laughs> servicemen come home, but I was watching these yeah. people who are colorblind getting specific glasses that allowed them to see color for the first time. Right, and that's. You know, prior to it, it is like being colorblind. You just don't, yeah. you don't, yeah. colors aren't bright. Right. Sound isn't, sound isn't vibrant. The uh -huh. feels that you would get. Um, I think it was, uh, I remember football season last year, my, my kids came over, we're hanging out and they knew something was wrong when, when dad goes to bed at halftime. And, and, and dad had not said a word. It's like, I'm watching one of the things that brings me joy. I love football right. and right. it was lifeless. My kids mm -hmm. coming over, bring me joy. That was lifeless. And it wasn't anything they were doing. It wasn't a bad game. Right. It's just that I was lifeless in the moment. Right. And I think, and Jim, to give a little more language to yeah. it, real quickly, it, with depression, one plus one doesn't equal two. Okay. You know, um, everything can be going great outside, yeah. actually. Yeah. You right. know, when right. I was uh, in, when I crashed into the wall, of depression, the church I was pastoring was having its best year ever. 
Right. Um, I'm married to Laura, and you all know, you both know Laura, and yeah. you know, she's a gem. She's beautiful. I've got four little guys that are right. amazing. Live in a house with a pool. I mean, just <laughs> everything was good. Yeah. Um, you know, my life on the outside looked like steak, filet mignon, yeah. and on the inside, it was liver and onions, man. It was. Right. And so, and so that's the, that's the reality of it is people would look at the outside and say, what do you have to be depressed about? Right. You, know, you have so many good things in your life and, and that's true. And yet I have this darkness that's wanting to kill me happening at the same time. And so that's what I mean. One plus one. Yeah. Equal two. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't know it, if that's helpful to you. Well, if, if if three out of ten people were anorexic, you can see that. What right. I'm what I'm hearing you say though is not only is it difficult for someone who's not depressed, who's never suffered from depression, to find it, to see it, but but there's actually a um, there's a hiding of it that becomes normative as well. So let's, let's go back. Yeah. Let's go back to that table, Dave. You're in Grand Rapids, and and I'm sitting at the table with you. How would I? How would I know? In other words, are we to turn our circles outwards and look for three out of 10 people or administers four out of 10 people that are wrestling with this? How would I know that anybody at that table was, was dealing with this? Is there anything from your perspective that would be a clue to, to you uh, or, or to me that would help you to, to discern somebody's really wrestling with something at this table right now? Well, I think looking back, I, guess I, I, I can picture myself there. I just can't picture the faces. But if you... If you're not in the mode of noticing people, yeah, and, and as you're interacting with individuals, you're, you're just going to breeze right by it because those of right. us that deal with it, we we you almost treat it like we are there's an infection and we don't want to spread it, and so we will guard it. We will guard ourselves. Mm -hmm. We will blend in as best as we can because, quite mm -hmm. frankly, we don't want the attention, but we want the attention. We want it. We want it's attention. Crazy. We right. but yet we don't want to draw it. Let right. somebody be pr fully present. And so for me, I think looking back, it was almost a self-sabotage. I didn't want to ruin my friend's day. So I didn't go sit near anybody. But at the same mm -hmm. time, they would have recognized Dave isn't Dave. And being right. around people, and that's where with ministers, we need community. We need really good community because right. the more yeah. that we get to know people, they get to know us. They can also recognize something's not clicking. Right. So Dave is not fully present. Dave isn't fully right. here. I'm thankful for friends who will... You know, I remember being on the phone with one of my best friends and he's like, something's wrong. I said, what? He said, the tone of your voice, mm. the way you're describing this, wow. something's wrong. What's going on? And so to me, that's where yeah. one of the best things that we can do as ministers is to learn how to be vulnerable in community, develop wow. community so that when we're in those situations that we can, instead of in front of ever anybody, I'd pull somebody, somebody aside, say, you know, how you doing? Right. Something seems off. Something seems yeah. wrong. And, but without that, it's just easy to hide. I mean, look at Elijah calls down mm -hmm. fire. Yeah. He was with the prophets of Baal. And then the next day, Jezebel writes a blog about him. And, <laughs> and he, and he, he's yeah. hiding in a cave asking God to kill him. And yeah. so you can have everything can go right. Right. And you just want to write to Elijah and say, did you, do you not just see what you've accomplished? Right. Yeah. But depression doesn't care. Right. And it will leverage it all against you. Because instead of saying, hey, look at what you've done, it's like, look at what you used to do. Mm. And you can't even pull yourself out. And so to me, yeah. recognizing it, to me, 
it, it helps to be in relationship because without that, right. it's really hard. It's really hard to recognize. Now, it. Speaking of relationship, you said in your book in chapter seven, it says when you're dealing with depression and you find something or someone life-giving, you you latch on and you don't want to let go. Yeah. Can you can you give more language to that? What do you mean when you write that? Um, I mean a couple things from uh, like for me activities. I rock yeah. climb four times a week uh, okay. because it's it's life giving. It's yeah. absolute life giving. I, I climbed yesterday. Um, it's actually become my mission field. I've got people from the climbing gym coming to Christmas candlelight. It's just there's just something about having something to do that helps to decompress the body, the mind, yeah. the soul. And rock climbing does that for me. For other people, they find their things. But to me, yeah. it's having something to, to that gives me life, to having a pace and a schedule that gives life. Because uh, you can be doing a lot right. of good things, but if you don't get your pace and your schedule, your rhythms of your life, you can do be a lot, you can do a lot of good things, and those good things can all choke you because there's nothing right. life giving. There's no place to get a breath. Right. Uh, you have to find relationships. Um, I hit community hard throughout the book. And I've got individuals that I know I can call at the drop of a hat right. and contact them. And they'll not just understand me, they'll pray for me and they will check in on me. Right. Um, but a lot of pastors, we just don't do that. And they're not in my congregation. Um, I've got my relationship with my wife. I I'm, I'm have to make sure that my marriage is always in a good place because I want my marriage to be life-giving. Yeah. The way yeah. that I develop relationship with my kids, I want that. I want to look and to make sure that I'm not just giving life, but I've got life-giving things within me because when those moments come in that make me want to pull back, I have to wrestle with what do I feel like and what is truth because truth has to trump feelings. And so right. I go rock climbing because I know that's going to give me some life. I'm going to go so, out with my wife. That'll give me life. Right. So, so again, from, from I'm, I'm trying to learn, right? So perspective, colorblindness, we talked about. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, like if 10 is a full-blown suicidal ideation, yeah. gut-wrenching depression, is there a nine and an eight? Is there a one oh, yeah. that you can be sensitive to? Oh, that yeah. Because I, I, you never get to 10 if you understand one, two, three, right? Is that, is that yeah. part of it? Yeah, there, there, you can have a bit of a scale. Like I think, think of when you go to a, a doctor's, um, a hospital, a hospital room. Yeah. They have a scale of pain. smiley face to yeah. not so smiley. <laughs> it's it's a pain right. scale, and I think we yeah. can do that because there are moments where I'm at a one, and I will look at my wife and say, "There's a disturbance in the force." Uh, okay. There's, I, I'm I'm feeling right. the, the way that we worded around here is I I'm feeling the funk. I'm I'm feeling right. I'm feeling heavy right now. And she will say, okay, let's get you climbing. Okay, let's let's go off, let's go for a walk, exercise, mm -hmm. let's, let's just talk it through. Yeah. And so when when we see those I call them lighter scale yeah. uh, things, we try to, to we've learned to begin to right. head it off immediately. And right. and, it, and sometimes that pulls me out, and other okay. times it's poured life into it so that as it has progressed a little bit, the progression has not been so bad because gotcha. instead of just allowing it to happen and not talking about it and not having mechanisms, um, it's now I recognize it and now let's start doing it. And that didn't okay. happen until I got verbal with my wife about it and started talking mm. with her about yeah. it and inviting her into that moment so that when it happens in the home, we just don't sit and let it happen. We actually get proactive with it. Love it. You know, uh, my you. wife is 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 very she has radar for it with me too she observes 
you know, some things that are going on in my world and she knows, you know, okay, you're starting to get into a spot where if you don't, you don't intervene here, you don't do some of the things you're saying you do, it won't be long before depression's tapping at your door again. Yeah. And uh, so she's very sensitive to that. Um, you know, Dave, we, uh, I really wanted to ask you this, and I know we've kind of touched on this question all throughout last podcast and today, but I really want to, for you to lay out for us some next steps. Let's say a leader who's listening or watching today, they're suffering uh, from this long, dark tunnel of depression. What would be four or five? And and by the way, if you are, um, you don't have to do all four or five of these at the same time. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to add a huge load to you. But what what are four or five like really good steps, next steps for somebody who finds himself struggling in this way? Um, I am fighting to not start off with prayer. Um, okay. I'm, I'm fighting saying that because I think prayer is always our first response. Okay. Um, and I'm fighting saying that because I can't tell you how many times I've been in depression and people would say, would you just pray more? Uh, right. What I don't want to do is color it in a way that says, if you just prayed more, you wouldn't go through depression. I'm right. not saying that in the least right. bit, right. but there is, there's a reason why Eugene Peterson calls the Psalms, the training ground for prayer. Um, I utilize the Psalms to pray in those moments and begin to get raw with God. I think we have to recognize, and, and we talk about how real we can be with God, but I'm telling you, when you go through depression, you feel like you can't be that real with God. You can't tell God, I want to end my life. You can't tell God that I hate my life, that I hate that, you know, I am so inept that I am unqualified. You don't want to admit those things as pastors because we feel like we're giving the devil the victory. We don't want to speak into those things, but read the Psalms. There's sometimes yeah. that raw, like yeah. my favorite Psalm. It's actually tattooed on my wrist, Psalms 42 and 43. Why are you downcast your soul? It's mm -hmm. he's wrestling. So to me, talking with God and actually getting real with God is a big step. Yep. The, the, the very close number two is you need to tell somebody. But yet somebody that it's to me, not just anybody, somebody that could help be that Aaron and her on either side of Moses, people that you would trust to be real with that can actually handle that. And Dave, uh, Dave, can I pitch into that real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please think telling somebody who's safe. There's a good uh, word. Who's safe and has your and and has your back. You know, maybe those maybe I'm saying the same thing twice, but. Yeah, or I think they're synonyms for you. Yeah, somebody who is is objective, that is Christ centered. Yeah, I like it. That is, and I like the word safe. Um, and and let's be real: when you're going through depression, nobody feels safe because you feel like you're not safe for them. Mm -hmm. But you have to just battle with truth versus feelings, and you have to you have to find community. And I think the best way to find community is it's it's like fixing a roof. You don't fix a roof in the rain. You fix it when it's not raining. Mm. And I think as often as, as pastors, sometimes we only start searching for community when things go bad, mm. but this is where we have to develop relationships and safe communities yeah. so that when we are going through these wrestling times that we have those safe Christ-centered objective individuals that will do more than just say, it's going to be okay, but it's going to give objective 
insight, Christ-centered insight, and help be there to check in with you. In the book, I talk about, I have pages in between the chapters called survival rules. And one of them is having a group of three that will check in on you, that you can call upon at any point, and they're going to check in with you and making sure that you're surviving, that you're working through that. So I think I think community is a massive thing, especially in ministry. Uh, the enemy works in isolation. God works in community. We have to learn how to work in community with people. I think even in that, um, your rhythms is something that has to be examined. Yeah. yeah. Rhythm is everything. Um, if you don't believe in rhythms and you don't like music, rhythms, <laughs> rhythms can transform a song from one style to another. And for me, it's having a good accountability partner in my wife, someone that can recognize the countenance of what I walk into the door with. She can sense it when I wake up and somebody that will help examine the rhythms of what's going on to make sure that the that the schedule serves me. I don't serve the schedule. Yeah. Right. And um, I mean, from can there. I, can I just pause you for a second? Yeah. A, a pastor of a of a growing John said, healthy church just said, the schedule is your servant, not your master. And I think yeah. the lie we get sometimes, no, no, I, I need to squeeze, you know, Craig Rochelle squeezes every minute out of every, that's Craig Rochelle. Yeah. Who are you? And giving yourself permission to be who God made you to be and not comparing yourself to this unicorn of a dude, whoever that dude is, I, I think right. is liberating. So I, I just want to say thank you for sharing that you lead like God created you to lead. You don't lead with with an inferiority complex because you found somebody who's better at it or whatever like that that lie is extraordinarily harmful i think to a lot of leaders because i read your book and now oh i put four blueberries on my oatmeal instead of three like craig does it's like you're not fat it's four blueberries you know what i mean eat, eat cereal i you know it's i just i think we people who are excellent at something write a book about it and we all think we have to be that and we yeah. don't we're not going to be held right. accountable to our resemblance to craig Rochelle. We're going to be held accountable for our resemblance of what God called us to be and, and our master. So I, I just wanted to stop you because I think that was a brilliant yeah. point. Well, I think, yeah. there, I think we ministers can put ourselves into tailspins because what we're, we're so busy trying to wear Saul's armor when God called us to carry a sling and a staff. <laughs> and, and one day, one day David would use swords and one day he would use shields. But in the season that God had him in and the rhythms he needed to be in, his rhythms were stones and slings. Right and that's okay. And again, sometimes we're, we're serving the rhythms instead of allowing them to serve us. And so like the last chapter of my book is just literally, here's the things that I did. Um, like I started taking care of my body. I think mm -hmm. that's a very, very simple thing. The physical, the mental, emotional, the spiritual, they're all, they're not separate parts of the body. They are all part of the same body. And so when I started getting healthier, it wasn't about getting into a shape of body. Um, I dropped over a hundred pounds. It, 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 that didn't necessarily like wow. fix the depression, but I'm here to say that my depression, the better fit that I am in terms of how I'm eating, how I'm sleeping, how I'm taking care of the body, exercise, the, the depression actually comes in less severe and less frequent because you take care of the physical, the others wow. do get healthier as well. Yeah. And, so, and especially Dave, especially the physiological piece, you know, yes. as you take care of your body, it has, it, it, it tends to have a very uh, positive effect on your neurochemistry. And, yeah. and so there is a tight relationship wow. uh, between being fit and, and a healthier neuro neurochemistry. Now it's not, I, I'm not saying if you're fit, you'll never get depressed. 
That's not what I'm saying. But it has an amazing influence. As a matter of fact, and I know we got to hustle here because we're getting up against time. So I'll just share this real quick. Um, research has told us that that exercise, uh, cardio exercise, is every bit as effective as an antidepressant pill. Wow. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't take your antidepressant right. meds right. if right. you're being prescribed. Please hear me. But exercise and physical activity has this wonderful effect, not just on your physical body, but also on your brain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, again, that's one of the reasons why, like when I gave up church softball, which helped save my soul and save my body. Um, <laughs> my wife knew I needed something. And so I actually started, got a boxing coach because that's always been a dream of mine. But he was honestly very verbally abusive with me and with others. And yeah. so it was a it wasn't doing what it was supposed to. And when my wife found the rock climbing gym, uh, she bought me a 10 visit pass. And all of a sudden I came back full of life. Right. It was just finding that niche, finding that thing that feeds mm. the soul, my friendships that are there now. Um, I, I was actually at the gym when I found out that a good friend of mine who I might dedicated the book to who took his life uh, because of depression. And I remember my son looking at me and says, dad, do we need to go? I said, no, this is actually where I need to be. To start mm -hmm. working through some of this stuff and, and start thinking through and start connecting the body, the soul, mm -hmm. and the physiological. It's all, it's the real thing. Wow. Well, this is this has been awesome. Um, I had no idea you lost hundred pounds, Dave. I I I that's like a whole backstreet boy. I, I can't imagine the commitment <laughs> it takes, you know, to do that. Uh wow. So, well, I, I think we should do this as we wrap up, guys. One is John, somebody wants to talk about this. Why don't you tell us how to get a hold of you? And then, Dave, if you do the same, I think it'd be really helpful because the, ne the next step, the courage it takes to take that step. Like, please, yeah. please know people are waiting for you, praying for you, wanting you, cheering for you as you take that next step. John, how would we get a hold of you? Well, uh, convergecoach.com and click on the contact us link and that will uh, get you either to me or to one of our teammates who understands this subject yeah. um, and whoever's Whoever's available, we'll, we'll get to you first. And that's a free 30 minutes with us. Uh, and Dave, your, your great book here, Speaking from the Shadows by Dave Berenger. How you spell the name? How else would we get a hold of you? Um, you can email me, Dave, at kfirst.org, K-F-I-R-S-T.org. I'm on all the socials. So I will basically, I'm shameless. I'll be friends with everybody. So <laughs> connect me, add me. Speakfromtheshadows.com is just the website we utilize to promote the book. And from there, if you're local, you can get counselors through there. Um, books available on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you want to get your book. Um, awesome. But this has just been an honor. I love... I, I, someone told me a long time ago, you need to give somebody the permission to go second. And the way that you do that is you share your testimony, you share your story, and you give somebody yeah. the permission to go second. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you both. Um, I've learned so much in the last two podcasts. I have a lot of I have a lot of things to think about and digest as I finish the book. Yeah, just I'm grateful for your transparency, both of you. I'm grateful for your work. I'm grateful that you didn't. Yeah, sometimes an alcoholic, it's done being an alcoholic in my case. Well, I never want to go around those people again, you know, versus saying I, the 12th step is going back to help somebody with their, their journey. So I just, yeah, yeah, I, uh, you're my heroes. So God bless you both. And, and God bless you, our listeners and watchers. Thanks for being a part of this. I'm going to assume that when you saw the, the title of it, maybe you clicked on it because you like the podcast every week. Maybe you clicked on it because Pastor Dave's a friend of yours. Or maybe you clicked on it because you're looking for help. And this is a nice, simple, easy, non-committed 
way to begin that journey. I would just encourage you to take that next step. No, no reason to walk this this, uh, this path alone. So God bless you. We're praying for you and uh, keep going, man. We're cheering for you as you continue to lead from a line.